Wow. Matt's had an RV show like every day in Grand Rapids for like four days. So we went with him um, Friday. My kids may or may not skip school, but whatever. Um, <laughs> happens sometimes. So um, we went with him and but he was really busy like I barely even got to see him except in the evening you know for like five minutes or whatever and I said well do you want me to teach on Sunday for you because you're been very very busy all week and he said yes he said you got something I said well the Lord only gave me one word two days ago so I said we'll see what happens so um I'm gonna preach today I'm gonna continue on faith but that's not the word the, the Lord gave me um seasons and I'm like okay Lord I have like 24 hours to get from seasons. What are you going to say? So God began to speak to me. I had a really good time with him. He's always um, talking to us. He loves us. He has a good plan for us. So in Michigan, we know we have seasons that are very distinct. You know, you know what season you're in, you know. Um, yes. It can be, sometimes Michigan likes to play too. But, you know, it's not like they're all 70 degrees and sunny. You know, it's not Hawaii where, you know, oh, the dew sets in the morning and that's what gives the rain. And then it's sunny every afternoon by 1 o'clock and then it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, Michigan, we, we have a little bit more variety. You know, we have the winters. And it can be really harsh, especially, you know, living out in the country, the roads drifty, very, very harsh, really cold. It can be annoying at times, really burdensome. It can take a lot of preparation. If you have a baby, you know, you got to bundle them up. You got to carry everything. You're like, you, winter comes and you're like, I am hibernating. I have small children. We don't leave the house. Um, it can take a lot of preparation. You know, things kind of go dormant. It looks like nothing's happening. It's just snow. I say I call it the season where everybody's um, property is kind of on the same level. Everyone's yards look pretty. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, I didn't have to spend as much as you. My yard looks just as nice. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm a really great gardener in December, January, and February. Um, so winter's kind of that cold season. And then you have spring, and everyone's excited, and you're like, oh, it hit 40 today. Oh, it's 50. Oh, I saw your crocus coming out of the snow. Spring is here. Spring is here. You smell skunks. You know it's spring. You know, new things. It can be a little muddy. You know, you kind of have some fear moments. The rivers start rising, and you're thinking, uh, is my basement going to flood? You know, you have some moments, and then it becomes the planting time. You get excited. That's when you really work hard on your garden. It looks pretty. And then by like June, you're like, whatever, I hope I get a harvest. <laughs> Sometimes, no. But it's that planting season. You think about what you're going to put in the ground. You're thinking about what you want later on. You know, oh, I want to have pumpkin pie. I want to put pumpkins in there. I can't wait until I can make salsa. All these things. Spring is that planting season. Then we have summer. It goes fast because it's the fun season. You know, it's always hot usually. You know, and a lot of people take their rest and relaxation. They go on vacation. They go camping. Um, they go to the beach and sit all day, or maybe that's just me. I'm not sure. You know, it's kind of exciting. It's the growing season. You see, you know, flowers popping up everywhere, and then it's like, oh, I gotta go in June. I gotta go pick strawberries because they're gone. And then I gotta pick, you know, peaches and blueberries. And all the, it's this growing season. Everything's growing. You're watching it. And then you have fall. It's beautiful. Things begin to change. You have, 
you notice that everything, the leaves are changing, the weather's changing, the grass, everything's changing. It's really beautiful, and it becomes that harvest time where it's like, ah, oh. you know, when you come to September and October and you're like, the apples, you're like, you know what, you just can't get these in the store. And you go to all the farmer's markets. So we have very um, distinct seasons. And I looked at, and we go through seasons like that in our life, too. You know, sometimes we're in that cold, hard winter season or in that spring season of all new things. Everything's new, you know. It's like the season of little baby things being born. So cute. You're just like, oh, it's a baby bunny. Oh, it's a baby chick. You know what I mean? Then they get old and they're not so cute. Like, a baby chick is so cute. I don't know what happens in like a two-month time. You're like, how did you turn into a T-Rex with feathers. I don't understand this, you know, a mini T-Rex. And you're like, they're so cute. So everything's really new and exciting. Um, and then you have, you know, you go through times when it's that rest time, like summer, and you're watching things grow. And then, you know, fall when change happens. And, and it's that harvest time. We go through seasons in our life like that. Um, I'd say about a year or two ago, I came through and I came out of a really long winter season. I was in a season of my life that was just hard and cold and frustrating for nine years. And I was like, are you sure that this isn't just how life is? Like, I felt like I was in Hawaii, but opposite. (laughs) So I went, you know, it was nine years. And, you know, sometimes I could have that smile on my face and I could be excited. But inside I was really struggling in a really tough, tough season. And it lasted nine years. Um... And when I came out of it, I realized, man, I spent way too long there. I wasted nine years in a harsh season. Because as God began to speak to me, he said, really, no season is a bad season. Thanks, Matt. It's It's really how we respond to it. Um, I don't know why, but there are actually people who like winter, you guys. Put your hands down. There are people who like winter. I don't know what they're missing in their, I don't know what's happening, but there are people. I don't, it's kind of like, uh, what's that thing that's like a fake animal? Come on. Yeah, jackal's not. So it's kind of like, yeah, you think it's real, but I don't know if these people really exist or they're just telling you they actually like winter, but I hear there are people who actually like winter. I don't know if that's true, but. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be something good about those seasons that are hard and tough and cold because there's people that that really thrive in those. <laughs> so, but really, it's, you look at it, it's how we respond to the place we're in. That's everything. How you respond is, is everything. Um, Isaiah 12.3, it says, um, With the joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. He's saying, are you going to go into this with joy? Are you going to go into it with complaining? You know, this is a journey that we're on, why we get to be on this earth, where um, it's a journey of trust with the author and finisher of our faith, who is Jesus Christ. He's like, okay, I promise you that when I put the blindfold on, I'm leading you. I'm not going to run you into tables. That's what best friends are for. I'm your leader, (laughs) you know. Guys are all laughing because you think that's hilarious. If you have your friends got a blindfold, they're running into everything. Yeah. You know it. Girls were like, it's okay. One step to the left, you know. It's different. Um, <laughs> you know, because he's the author and finisher of faith. He's saying, have joy because I'm going to bring you through this. 
First Corinthians 2.9 says, um, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, um, no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. We can't even imagine what God has set before us. I look back many times in my life, the things I was praying for, I'm like, this would be the best scenario. This would be awesome, God. And, and it doesn't happen. I'm like, oh, nothing ever goes my way. And then something even better happens. And I'm like, sorry, God, I'm just not right here right now. He's like, I figured that, you know, with the kicking and the screaming and the thrashing on the floor. Um, but, you know, he's saying, you don't understand why I'm, why I'm bringing you through this season. You think, I'm not going to get through this. You are going to get through this. You do have the ability. He's preparing you. You know, and he doesn't do bad things to us. He doesn't set forth. But when things come against us, it's kind of like that warrior in us. And he's like, oh, you can definitely take that. You can conquer this. This isn't anything. I'm going to show you how this season is going to break forth into a new season. So God always wants to move us forward. You know, he doesn't say... You know, go plant your seeds and the next day say, oh, go get them all. Go, go get those pumpkins and zucchinis and tomatoes. And you're like, that doesn't, he's saying, no, we're going to move forward. Not, you know, you don't plant them and take them back up. He's saying, we got to move forward. He's always growing us in our character. That doesn't mean it's always fun and easy. Um, but when we use faith to move, he gives us the grace, um, to do and and be and experience and go into new seasons. And that will lead us into our divine destiny, which he has prepared for us. So it doesn't mean that just because it's a tough season doesn't mean it's bad. There are good things in there. Just like winter. I really don't like winter, but I do like snow days. I do like what it's beautiful when it comes down nice and fluffy. You know, there's some things I like about winter. I'm trying to think of something else, people. <laughs> I don't like ice. Well... I, there are things I like. I do like that it makes me more excited for spring. <laughs> you know, there are good things. So it's like I can look at the bad things like, oh, I got stuck in my driveway again. Or, oh, you know what? I got stuck in my driveway and I'm just going to take the day off today. <laughs> you know, I can look at it like that, you know. Or I can be like, hey, you know, um, maybe I can get out and shovel. I need to have some exercise. God's helping me out. I don't know. Whatever. Instead of looking at it as the negative, God's saying, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to act out of the spirit that I put in you? Or are you going to act out of your mind and your will and emotions? I'm not going to lie. My mind and will and emotions usually like to take over in those seasons. And that's why I spent nine years in that season. Um, so God has a series of seasons that take us from where we are now um, to where the Lord wants to go next with us. Um, we all, the lottery, y'all have heard about it the last few weeks. It's been crazy. It's this huge amount of money. So I looked up in um, the Times Magazine. I, I started researching it. And um, it was all these people over the last like five years that had won lottery. Some of them were millionaires already. Some of them were very poor. And every single one of them, said, I wish I would have ripped up the ticket. And I'm like, every single one of them. And they, they said, it destroyed my entire life. Even the ones that were already wealthy. And I'm reading the story after story after story. And they're like, it was, it destroyed me. It destroyed everything in my life. It destroyed my relationship. And I'm thinking, okay. And so when God says we're in one season, 
and he wants us to do some things there. And then he moves us into a new season and a new season because he wants to move us to where we're going next. I started looking at it and I thought, wow, why are the people that win the lottery, they're always poor again, they're depressed. Basically, there's no faith in that process. You know, it just all of a sudden throws you into that. You know, you don't need to get from here to there. You don't need God to do anything for you. You don't need God to take care of your needs. You know, the things that you do need, you got, you're too proud to ask God now. It doesn't take any faith because you can buy everything. You can definitely, you know, you're going to have people around you all the time that you don't know whether they're your friends or not, but they want to be next to you. So basically our, in that, their faith begins to shrivel up. And it becomes this cold, depressing life. It's actually, they call it the curse of the lotto. Um, they actually have a name for it, and most of the people, um, that's what happens. And because of what happens is when that, when that goes on, their character cannot adapt to their new life. Because they never went through the seasons and how to handle money, how to handle the fame, how to hand, how to read people's intentions. They have anxiety, all of these things that their character never got to go through and experience and come forth. You know, how I budget my money now to when I was 20. If I made the money I did now when I was 20, I'd probably still have a lot of time like, oh, I can get this new car, I can get this, you know. But you have to buy groceries. That's eh, okay, I'll have enough. I'm not sure you would, you know what I mean? And we start thinking about that. And you know, when you have the nice car or things like that, when you're 17 years old, everyone wants to hang out with you. How many of those people are your real friends? You begin to, your character, you begin to have arrogant. I went to Trader Joe's. And it was like all these upper class people and they're just walking it. You're like pulling out. They're just walking in front of you. They don't think anything of it to like bump into you and not say anything. Like, of course, I am more affluent than you, you know. Um, and I'm just thinking, okay, because their character, you know, and these are like the young kids and stuff, you know, and I'm thinking their character never got to catch up with their status in life now. And that's why God puts us through seasons because, you know, when they say you have a hot head when you're like in your teens and 20s and then when you, you don't do the same things, you know, you're not going to jump through fire when you're in your 30s and 40s. You're probably not going to drive at 100 miles an hour. You know, you do these things because your character began to catch up and you realize, oh, I have to pay that ticket. Mom and dad don't pay that for me. What? This hurts my body? <laughs> Health insurance is expensive? You know, I broke my glasses and I have to pay for them. And then you start seeing them with their tape on their glasses because then they realize, oh, I guess when I'm doing things like that and I'm breaking stuff, someone has to pay for that. And mom's like, well, what do you got in your bank account? <laughs> because our character, God gives us different seasons in our lives and works us through things. And he's saying you need to have faith to move through that and know that I'm not putting you there to punish you there. I'm putting you here so that you can rely on me and that you can... You can go in and say, God, what are we doing next? I know it doesn't look like much. And he begins to build your character. You know, we need that faith in God. We need that faith because it's relational. It's It works by love. You know, we have faith because we love God. And we know that he is good and that, you know, he wants good for us. 
So when we just live the lotto life and just do whatever we want, you know, I look at people and I'm thinking, is that really what you want? Because without faith, if you don't have faith, there's nothing to look forward to. There's not a hope. There's not a joy. When you're in those seasons, you're stuck there for nine years. <laughs> you know? Because I didn't want to listen to God. I didn't want to believe God was going to do something. I wanted to complain and be like, well, it's all them people. Ugh, if they would just do what I want. I like people to do it my way. And if I can overpower you, if you're going to be weak, I will go. That's fine with me. You know? God's saying, no, that's not okay. Right now, as I speak that, it's not okay, but I'm not saying I won't do it. You know? Because we learn that it's like, fine, if you're not gonna, if you're not taking the last piece of the pie, I'm grabbing it. Let's go. You know? Oh, no, you can have it. No, you can, there ain't none of that. You said I can have it, I'm taking the pie. You know? Because when you're in, I look and I'm thinking, I didn't want to listen to you. I didn't want to believe for anything. I just wanted to be like neutral. That way nothing bad could happen. Nothing good could happen. If people act badly, you know, I wouldn't have to, you know, because I'm like, oh, this is how you, you see this big picture. And God's like, no, no, no. You need to have faith that I'm doing a work in you. I'm growing you in patience. I'm growing you in your giftings. You know, but I'm also doing the same thing in everybody else. And I'm like, but God, I'm your favorite. And he's like, they're all my favorite, Sarah. I said, but I'm your real favorite. Tell me. And he's like, they're all my favorite. You know, like when, when we did youth and we would have a lot of kids and they'd be like, am I your favorite? And I'd be like, you're my favorite. And then the next one said, I'm your favorite. And I'd say, you're my favorite. So I told them all, some of you in here probably remember me telling you that you're, that you're my favorite. But you, the one, but you guys are my favorite. The ones that are in here, you guys are my favorite. Okay. I promise you. You guys are. No, for real, my real favorite. Um, but in James 1.3 it says, When trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, um, your endurance has now a chance to grow. Um, so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Mature. He's saying, hey, when all this stuff comes and it seems like life is crazy and all these bad things are happening, you know, or hard things are happening, or you're going through struggles. He's saying, hey, count it all joy, you know, because your faith is being tested and God's saying, I'm going to move you to a new thing. I am stretching you and I'm growing you and you're going to come in to a new season. Some of the things that you, like if someone started crying with me, like tell me about their life, like two years ago, I would have started crying too, immediately. Like it wouldn't matter what it is. I still sometimes do, but like, but then God grew me and he's like, sometimes so you have to look at it objectively and be like, I'm going to pray for you, but I can't make the choices for you. You know what I mean? Um, so God has begun to grow me and he moved me in that, you know, because I can't be up here every week that I'm up here in emotional mess crying and, uh, you know, cause I definitely, you know, God's saying, I want to move you to a new thing so that you can speak my word and people are going to hear it and it's not going to come back void. It's going to begin to change their life because it is my word. And I'm like, yeah, God, I want that. He said, but first you've got to do some of these things for me. I'm going to grow you. You know, like I feel like the Lord, I was like taffy. And he's promising me that I'm not going to break. And I'm like, I don't know how much further this can stretch. And he's like, we're almost there. You know, and I'm like, are you sure? We're? He's like, we're almost there. 
Um, this summer went out to California. That was way stretching for me. God took everything, like even to the point I could Matt couldn't even take me to the airport like that day, that morning of. I'm like, oh, be gone for my family. I'm riding a plane. I'm go- he can't take me to the airport. I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to pack. You know, what if someone I don't I've never been to California. Oh my gosh, I gotta be in a hotel by myself. I gotta drive a car and then I gotta go to the ocean. I'm gonna, you know, do all the and I'm like, I do everything. Everything by myself. And I'm like, this is insane. But God really stretched me. He's saying, you know what, you can re- you rely on me. You don't rely on Matt. You don't rely. And on top of it, Lord said, I don't want you to share it with anybody. You don't tell you're gone. I'm like, but, and God's like, I want you to rely on me because I'm moving you into a new area. And I'm like, and it was very hard. And when I was there stretching, you know, you had people come up like, here, speak something over me. You know, they call you out in front of 600 people and you're like, "Uh," you know, and you're standing and it's all these things are happening you know they're like oh turn to the person next to them and and say this about to them and you're like oh is someone sit no one's sitting on this side (laughs) if you do that then it's even worse then you got like a line waiting for you um but it really stretched me into a new season when i came back i was like in this new um i call it my spring season everything has been new this year and just every every time i wake up something new is happening something new is happening um, you know, cause if, if we don't kind of joy, if we don't, um, endure and we just do whatever we want and like, well, I only want to be in the good season, you know, kind of like kids, if they just want to eat pizza and candy, they want to stay up late every day and skip school. That's what they want to do. They don't, they would like a snow day every single day. I kind of would too, but <laughs> <laughs> they would, right? They don't, when they're thinking about it, they're not thinking about making the days up at the end of the year. They're thinking, I really need a snow day today, you know? Like you're thinking, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Then at the end of the year, they're like, oh, why did I want to do that, you know? Why do we have so many snow days? What's wrong with this school? Blah, blah, blah. But then they were like praying, putting their spoons on their bed, putting their pajamas inside out, getting all those snow days because that's what, they just want to do what they want instead of letting God stretch them, you know? We know that that will not make them mature when they're adults. That won't make them healthy. That won't make them wise. Because when they go into their job and they're like, yeah, it's kind of snowy. I want a snow day. They're like, oh, you can have all the snow days you want. You're not coming back. You know? <laughs> Take as many snow days in a row. Take the whole winter. You know? It, because they never became mature. If you just do whatever you want. God's saying, no, I'm asking you to do some specific things. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, Lord, do you really want me to like get up at 5.30 for work? Are you sure that's your will? You know, you know. sometimes I just want to like stay in bed. But God's like, you know what, Sarah, I've matured you. Get up, be a mom, wash the clothes, make the lunches. You know what I mean? You don't get to go to school in your pajamas. You're not going with, you know, sweatpants over there. You know, go to work, dress decent. You know, even though you're tired, don't snap at the kids. You know, I've produced some things in you that you can do that now. When you were 15, if I would have put you with 20, you know, three and four year olds, when you were up till midnight, one o'clock, you probably wouldn't have responded properly to them. It's kind of like the week before Christmas vacation and they're talking to you and you're just like, I did that maybe twice. Just Miss Sarah needs a minute. Just a minute, okay? And they just, 
they they know when Mr. is going like this. I'm going to wait a minute. <laughs> but you know, it's different. That's why you don't you don't bring a high school student and be like, oh, they can be an aide in the school when they're 18 for other high schoolers. Because there isn't the maturity and the growth. They don't have, you know, the understanding. And God's saying, I need to grow some things in you. Um, we were, When we're in these difficult seasons, how we respond is everything. Is it going to be faith in what God is doing? Or is it going to be doubt? You know, is it going to be faith? Or is it going to be complaining? Is it going to be faith? Or is it going to be fear? I'm making a pattern. Faith or this, whatever, you can't have both is what I'm showing you. If you're doubting, faith isn't there. If you're complaining, faith isn't there. If you're living in fear, faith isn't there. Faith cannot, they can't go together. I spent nine years in fear and hurt and lack of faith because of pain. You know, most of us live there because of pain, right? We're hurting. Somebody hurt us, you know, things in our past. Um, but what God said is, you want to live here forever. And God just sent some people in our life that just in one day didn't even know us and just now <laughs> and just changed our life. And God said, I'm setting them in your life because I'm changing the seasons. And I'm going to remove any pain that anyone's ever put on you, any guilt. Any feeling of inadequacy, all of these things. And in, really, with these people that were godly people, he just said, they're going to love you and encourage you no matter what. And it just was, it was like, wow, nine years of not knowing how to do that. And God said, I sent somebody to help you. And they began to produce a faith in us and exciting, and that's why we're here. <laughs> because if that wouldn't have happened two years ago, we probably wouldn't be here. Because I don't, I don't think I could have went 11 years, you know? Nine was kind of, when I met them, I said, I don't really want to do any of this anymore. And I don't even like any of the people that I'm around. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's what I told them. I said, I don't really like anybody. And I don't really like church. I don't like anything. Just like this. And they said, well, you've been hurt by a lot of people. But you love God. And But they said, you still have faith. You don't realize it's little. <laughs> but God still has a plan. And I'm like... Wow. But see, when I was complaining, I couldn't access my faith because I was too busy having faith in what I was saying. Oh, people just don't listen. You're right. People do not listen because they don't know how to have faith. So they're running on their emotions. Everyone's just running around on their emotions, running into the wall. You know what I mean? It's like blind people just running around and bumping into stuff because they don't know either. But again, to realize and listen and trust God. I'm like, you know what? I quit complaining. You know, I let go of the fear. I stood to the harshest leaders that had treated me so horribly face to face. And God honored so much. I gave them honor. And they basically spit in my face, but I was able to stand. And since then, God has had me stand to very influential people in a good way. And I didn't have that fear. I mean, if you told me to talk to anybody in leadership from a school administrator to a teacher to um, a pastor or anything, I could not do it. I couldn't even be in the same room most of the time. I could not even, I couldn't even be around leadership because of the pain that was 
seated so deep. But God said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to live there. And I began to stand, and I began to listen to him. And I didn't. I broke that fear. God said, we're going to break that fear off you. And now I'm like, whatever. I just <laughs> Now I, might, <laughs> I don't want to go the other direction. <laughs> you know? He broke that fear off me. Doubt, am I going to have enough? You know, God broke it off me, the complaining. Sometimes I catch myself, but my friend Sue's not here today. If you're friends with her and you're complaining, she'll catch you too, okay? So if you want to be friends with her, you'll catch yourself complaining, and then she'll catch you. She's your backdrop. She's like, we shouldn't be complaining. We are lucky. We live in America because we're like, oh, it's so cold today. She's like, you know what? We have two legs at work and can walk on this snow. And I'm like, go home, Sue. You know, she gets hit in the face with a door the, and, and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. You know, what? I have two eyes. It's OK. I'm like, Sue, your eyes turning black and blue. It's OK. I have two eyes. That really happened to her. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know, <laughs> complain and be like, you know what? That door, you know, it's like, you know, we do that, though. Um, we need to adjust our thinking and this. We adjust our mouth things will begin to be different in our lives. And, in, and we begin to adjust our hearts. You know, Matt had said, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is things, you know, before you see it, basically. So things unseen. And you're like, I know that's happening. I know God is bringing that, that forth. I love the story of the little girl in school and um, the teacher's like, you know what, why do you believe in God? He isn't real. You can, and, and the girl's like, yes, he is. And the teacher's like, he's not. Can you see him? Well, no. Can you touch him? And the teacher's kind of baiting this little child. And she's like, no. She's like, can you feel him? She's like, well, I can't physically feel him. She's like, well, how do you know he's real then? And the little girl's like, well, can you see your brain? Can you touch your brain? And the teacher's like, no. She's like, well, then how do you know you have one? So I love that, you know, and that's what faith is saying. Hey, even though you can't see it, it's still there. It's not what your circumstances tell you or your feelings. It's what God says. My feelings tell me to do a lot of things. Sometimes I was like, I, I was saying something the other day. I'm like, man, I feel like throw punching that person. I think that's God. And Matt's like, nope. It's not God. I'm like, are you sure? It could be me, but it's probably God. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's you. I'm like, but I really feel like they just would maybe understand if I just did a quick, you know. And he's like, no, no. You know, you, you guys, are, you know that sometimes there's a person standing in front of you. are like, you just need a quick pop. Like, get, you know, like that might get your brain. You know, that's what we think, you know. But, but that's not. It's not what our feelings tell us or what our circumstances tell us. Oh, I can't afford my bills. Oh, I can't do this. And God's like, you know what, don't worry. I got a plan. You know, if you'd be quiet, you could hear it. But you can't hear me through all your complaining. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, they're like, I can't hear God. And I said, well, God's always talking to you. God is speaking all over the place. He is never withholding his voice. His voice is not withheld. He's talking right now. I mean, he's probably giving downloads to you guys while you're sitting here. Like I said, sometimes when I'm up here and I'm like, I say something and then I'm like, immediately the voice of the Lord comes and says, nope or yes, you know? 
And, um, but he's always speaking. I said, I can't hear, I can't hear God's voice. He's not talking to me. I said, well, he's always talking to you, but you can't hear him because you're always complaining. And then you begin to listen to, you begin to listen to people that carry that spirit of complaint or doubt or fear. So all the people around you, you know, God's like, Hey, can I, I'm ta- I want to talk to you. I'm talking right now. But all, they're all now, all you can hear is doubt and fear and complaining. And that's what your ear is used to hearing. You know, like when you hear your mom's voice, if she says anything, you're like, Who's my mom? Where's my mom? Or if you're a mom and you're in a store and you hear the word mom and it's your child, you're like, where is my child? You better get out of the way. I need to find. You hear a kid crying, bam, you're just like over there. I had a kid start choking the other day at the lunch table. And like immediately, I just, everyone's just sitting there talking. Next thing I, they turn around because I was like, oh my gosh, I just picked him up. I brought him to trash can. Bam, bam, bam. You know, and they're, everyone, I, I get back to the table. I'm like, oh, he was choking. You know, it was like immediately I saw that look on his face. You just know. You're like, you know, because I'm aware of that. But everything else that's going, if you're aware of everything else going around you, you're not looking at that, you're not going to be aware of it, right? So God is always speaking to us. He's, he doesn't, he speaks to me about me. He speaks to you about you. He can give us a word for each other. He speaks through his word, but he's always speaking to us. But when we let fear overwhelm us there's no room for faith like god i'm i'm waiting for you to give me a word in this area i'm waiting for you to open up the next step of where i'm going he's like and he's you know he's yelling and it's like a semi's passing between you the semi of complaint you know (laughs) and you can't hear because he's telling you what's going to happen and what's going on next you know and the semi of complaint is, is you know going between you you know, we we have to know what he sounds like. You know, too many times we're hearing through that filter of pain, everything we hear, we're judging because of the pain we have. They must think, you know, they probably said that to me because, you know, they hurt me this time and, and they never did. So we start thinking everybody's trying to hurt us. I'm so guilty of that. Like, they must have said that because they, they want to hurt me. You know? They want to dig at me, you know? Most of the time, they don't even know. Someone, I don't remember who it was, someone said smile to me today, and I was like, oh, I'm not smiling? I have a canker, so I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's Cody. Thanks, Cody. Remind me to smile. You know, I was like, oh. But seeing through that filter of pain or through a filter of doubt or a filter of being a victim, you respond with everything as a victim. You know, but God's saying, love the season that you're in. Love the season. You know, I love this season that I'm in. It is a good season. I am... You know, after nine years of that crazy stuff, I am like, I love where I am. I love the friends. I love the community. I love my job. My family is amazing. You know, I'm hearing from God so much more. There's not a bunch of semis passing between me and him anymore. There's not that scary monster of fear, you know, looming over me. Um, I love this season. It's new every day. You know, I'm planting every day. God is preparing. He is changing things. You know, He's thought out a lot of things inside of me. Um, I'm seeing more light. I'm getting excited. You know, I'm having times to grow and rest and relax. You know, but when I first started coming into the season, it was really difficult. The people that kind of opened up this door for us, I kept saying, why do you want to help us? 
And they, you know, I mean, this went on for a whole year every time I saw them. I think they didn't even want to talk to me. I'm like, why are you helping us? Why are you sewing into me? Why are you talking to me? Why do you care about Hesperia? Why are you praying for us? Why do people keep liking me on Facebook? What, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And they're like, because it's the body of Christ and that's what God is doing. And I'm like, mm, why are you doing this? <laughs> because I couldn't, I had never seen a leader that actually thought about the body of Christ instead of their body of Christ. And I was like, I mean, you're not, we're not like competing. I'm not understanding this. Like, um, and I was kind of afraid, like this new season, like this, this isn't real. Like, what do they want? So we went over to their house and I'm like, what do you want? And then they're like, no, have whatever you want. You know, have something to eat. I'm like, is this a trick? Like, you know, it was just really funny. Um, but at first I was afraid and, um, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just don't want this season to end. I, I'm like, I'm so, I, I started getting back into fear. Like, I don't want the season to end. I, I want to be here. Like, I'm afraid, like, eventually I'm going to have to go somewhere new and do something different. God's going to bring me into a new place in my life. And I'm like, but I really like it here. Like, I don't want to go back there. And Matt goes, he said to me, and he said, what do you mean go back there? What if the next season is even better than the one you're in? And I was like, my mind did not even think about that. I was just thinking, I gotta go back to that? That season? I don't like winter. It's cold and it's lonely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't even think like, oh, I can have faith in God that He is gonna bring an even better season and even more abundant blessing into my life and I was like oh this is exciting so then I started getting excited like what's coming next what's coming next but at first I was like okay it's good get on the tightrope oh my gosh it's good nobody shh, shh. don't move anything don't touch anything every time someone said you better get me some wood I gotta knock on it because it's gotta come true like do not mess up this like delicate ecosystem I have going on. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I do not want to go back in the pit. Um, it was really hard in there, and and I didn't like it. And Matt's like, but do not have, believe that God has something even better? You know, I look at um, Joseph, you know, he was in prison and in this pit, and then he was like, you know, then he became like a servant in the castle and was like this guy. And then he became like the head guy in charge, right? I'm on the right person. Okay. <laughs> it's my scholar. <laughs> um, well, you're looking at me funny. Um, so, you know, he went through seasons. It wasn't like, oh, I'm here and now I'm scared I'm going to go back to prison. It was like, now I'm going to be like the leader of the nation, you know? So it was like, are we going to stay like a servant in the household? Or is God going to say, oh, no, now you're going to be over this and this and this, and you're going to have influence here and here and here. You know, I wanted to be like, I'm okay with being a servant. I will empty the bed chamber, whatever. <laughs> chamber. I don't care. Just don't make me go back there. And Matt's like, Sarah, do you not think that God's going to bring, you know, you've matured, you've grown, your character has caught up. Do you not think God's going to move that to an even better place where your character can continue? continue to grow in new things and I was like oh 
Because God, that's a good word he gave me. That's a good word. God is always looking to move us forward. You know, we need to grow, listen. And when it looks bleak and it looks crazy and it looks impossible, God's saying, oh, no, 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 no. That's just what I want you to see so that you can have faith and you can, eventually you're going to open up to the big picture that I have. And I remember when I was pregnant with Lon and I thought, okay, right before I got pregnant, I was thinking, oh, third shift job. If I get sick, it's going to be hard. And I'm thinking, oh, nobody's hiring me. I have never had a problem getting a job. I've never even applied for a job. One time in my life, I want this perfect job. Can't even get a job anywhere. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? But Matt said, you know what? But God said, and God said, you're going to have a baby and you're going to get pregnant and it's going to be good. And I'm thinking, but I don't have a job. Like my business just shut down. And then someone just walked in and gave Matt a job that was providing more than when we were both working. And I look, I'm like, okay, God, it looked impossible. It looked bleak. It looked crazy. But God's saying, okay, have faith in me. I'm bringing something forth. I'm growing something out of you that you don't even know is inside you. You know, don't look at what's around you. Look at what God is doing in you, like from his heart culture, not ours. We look at the culture around us. Sometimes it looks scary, you know, of what's going on. We may not agree with things or we might not like things that are going on in in our home or in our community or in our, you know, state or in our country. And it looks you know, scary or bleak, and God's saying, no, no, don't look at their culture. Don't look at the world's culture. What is my culture? I said I made you more than a conqueror. I said I gave you eternal life. I said I would meet all your needs according to my son, Jesus Christ. I said that when you come to me, that I will answer your prayers. I said that I would provide for you and that I think about you more than the flowers and the birds and the grass. I said that you will have long life. I said that you will have a healthy body. I said all these things, and I'm going to provide these for you. Don't worry about what they're saying, that sickness and all this, and all this stuff. Don't worry about that. You're going into a recession. When, when everyone went into recession, we went to what's the opposite of recession? What's the word? Okay, awesome. There's our new word. Recession and awesome. You know, when everybody back in like 2001 and 2002 and 2003, when it was like, you know, um, we were just going up and up and up. Like everyone, it was awesome because the world's like, this is happening and this, oh my gosh, and we're in a recession and all this. And God was just boom, boom, boom. We're like, you're going to take care of us. You're just going to provide things. You're going to just make a way. And we began to live in God's culture. doesn't matter what's going around. Everyone's like, oh, you guys got married young. Oh, that's never going to last. You know, when people get married at 18, 19, you know, people told us that. And I said, yeah, but we don't live in your culture. We don't live in the world's culture. We live in the world, but I live in God's culture. You know? And we've been married almost 15 years. Woohoo! feels old being in the double digits with being married. Hey, we, get, we we've had enough for three starter marriages. Fist bump. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so look at God's culture and begin to line your life up to that. God put us in this world because he loves the people here. You know, the people that are driving you crazy with the culture they live or whatever is going on. God 
says, I love them. I put you in here to show them my culture and how much more amazing and peaceful it is when you live according to that. Not to judge them, not, you know, to hate them. God's saying, I sent you here to love them because that's what his culture really is. His culture is starts with love and begins to expand out from there.